0: Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. I'm Brandon Ward.
1: And I'm Ron Locke.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Uh, two weeks ago, we did an episode on pastors and time management. Uh, our topic today is in that same category, uh, but we'll be more focused on the preaching side of time management. Uh, today, we're going to talk about pastors and planning a preaching calendar. Brother, this is a very practical topic, uh, but it is one that many listeners have recommended that we, we cover over the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my first question for you is, Is should pastors consider Uh, creating a preaching calendar or a preaching plan? uh, And if so, why? Uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pastors should have some type of uh, preaching calendar, and and really it's for a few reasons. Uh, One, realize that as a pastor, one of your primary responsibilities is to feed the sheep. Mm. Uh, And you don't want to feed your people fast food. Uh, You you know, uh, just like a a, a parent, Um, it's generally frowned upon for a parent to take their kids out to McDonald's or Wendy's or or Sonic or wherever uh, day in and day out. Eventually, uh, you're going to have to make some meals at home. Uh, You notice that when you take the time uh, to make your meal, you are much more aware of the ingredients, uh, you're much more um, uh, concerned about the care and the quality of the meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anybody that would pass up a good home cooked meal for you know a, a quarter pounder, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or anything like that, or some uh, McNuggets. Uh, we would much rather have that meal. I know, especially uh, for some of our students here at, at Southeastern, the college students, seminary students. Uh, They love, uh, uh, you know, going out, getting some food, getting some pizza and things like that. But I'm sure if they had the opportunity to go home uh, and get a nice, good, home-cooked meal from mom, they would go in a heartbeat. Mm. Uh, They would choose that easily. Well, much the same, uh, I would assume, for your people. Uh, You could go and give them fast food or you could uh, give them the time uh, uh tested well uh crafted uh, uh sermon and, uh, and and message that would that would be much more nourishing for their uh for their souls much more uh, uh effective in equipping them uh to worship jesus and to serve him with their whole lives That takes time. So map it out. Uh, think your way through. Give yourself weeks in advance, maybe even months in advance, uh, to uh, to see exactly uh, what your people need uh, at, at a given time and, and how you can address uh, the uh, specific issues and so on in their lives uh, through the scriptures.
0: That's such a good illustration, by the way, because I'm just thinking right now, um, my wife, Has been starting to write out what we've eaten and what we're going to eat Mm -hmm. because what what was happening is that like when we weren't keeping up with it, we kept we we found ourselves eating the same rotation of foods. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But since we've been keeping track of it, she's like, "Oh, we we just did that, so we're gonna do something else." And so like she's been planning ahead. So yeah, I mean. That's a great illustration for for why a preaching calendar is is useful.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Your your people need a well rounded diet of God's word, and and they need that uh, steadily. They need that thoughtfully. And so you, the pastor, have to do the job of thinking through your people. Think through the life of the church. Think through what what is needed uh, uh, in any given point in the the church's life and think through how God's Word addresses those things. Mm.
0: Uh, How should this look practically? Uh, Should calendars be made monthly? Should they be annually? Should you kind of do this vision cast of, hey, here's the next five years? I mean, at what point do you say— well, that's probably a good, you know, a good time span.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it varies. Um, I, I think it varies from, from pastor to pastor. I think it varies from church to church. Uh, one reason, uh, at least one factor in the variations, is just simply the fact that not every uh, book of the Bible, if you're going verse by verse through, the, uh, through books of the Bible, not every book is the same length. Uh, you've got different differences in length. So if you are planning your uh, your sermon uh, calendar and you're preaching Obadiah, Jude, uh, second and third John, <laughs> you know and, and and these short, short books of the Bible, uh, two chapters in Haggai, you know, and so on, well, you know that's not going to cover a lot of a lot of ground. Uh, but if you're going to preach Isaiah, Well, how long are you going to spend in Isaiah? There's 66 chapters. Uh, How long is it going to take for me to do that? Uh, and, and then on top of that, do I want to go straight through just Isaiah one all the way to Isaiah 66? Uh, well, that's going to take some time, perhaps years yeah. of doing that. And if you're going to you know, do that, are you going to do it nonstop? Are you going to take breaks, you know, here yeah. and there, uh, all of that? Well, by the time you're done with that, you may have several years mapped out, mm-hmm. uh, of, of how you're, um, uh, how you're going to preach mapped, uh, several years of sermons mapped out. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it varies, um. I would recommend, at the least, uh, working in uh, quarters, if not halves. Uh, So think uh, three to six months. And you say, okay, what am I going to cover in these three to six months? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, will I do a short series? Will I go through a book of the Bible? Uh, at what pace should I go through the book of the Bible? Yeah. Uh, you know, Should I uh, go from paragraph to paragraph or, say, chapter to chapter or section to section? Uh, uh, how do I do this? And mapping
0: um, it out will really help you make
1: those decisions, Yeah, too. absolutely, absolutely. And as you're thinking through your people— uh, what, what they can handle at a certain, at a certain time. Uh, you may want them to get to a point where you can get through, say, a paragraph at a time, uh, and and really slow your way, you know, slow down your your pace there through the scriptures. Uh, but it may be that they have no diet for that. They've never they've never done that before. The pastors before you n- didn't really have that kind of uh, of of uh, of pattern, uh, and so on. And so you may have to have to kind of ease them into into that. Uh, maybe you have to do like uh like our friend Mark Dever did you know when he started off at Capitol Hill uh maybe you have to go through the entire book and do an overview of the book of the Bible uh and work your way that way and then kind of as time goes by get uh, uh shorter and shorter in your in your sections you may have to do that mm-hmm. that takes a lot of prayer it takes a lot of discernment Uh, But I would say start at at the least with quarters, maybe halves, you know, six months. uh, And and, and once you kind of get the hang of that, then maybe even uh, start stretching it out to a year or multiple years.
0: Yeah, you at least want to know where you've been, where you're at, and where you're going, right? So it's kind of like when you're walking, you want to make sure you know where that next foot's going to be. And so Mm -hmm. at least having, you know, a, a... you know, memory of where you've been, where mm-hmm. you're at, and and what's next. Like, you always want to know what's next. Yeah. Otherwise, your foot's going to either not land or it's going to, you know, make a misstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's the last thing you want. So I absolutely agree with you. Um, what would you say to pastors? Because this is something I've, I've often heard. Uh, what would you say to pastors who don't plan out what they're going to preach ahead of time? There's kind of this hesitancy Uh, because they want to wait on the Spirit to lead them. They don't want to quench the Spirit. What would you say to them?
1: Um, I would say kindly, uh, don't put the Spirit in a box, which is really ironic because I'm sure that the reason that many people will say I want to leave room for the Holy Spirit is that they think that planning your sermons and so on is putting the Spirit in a box. But I would argue that the opposite is just as much an attempt to box in the spirit as 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 this, and 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 here's why I say that. What we assume is that the spirit only works freestyle, uh, that the Holy Spirit apparently doesn't like schedules, um, he <laughs> uh, he he really doesn't like time or time limits or anything. Uh, the spirit's you know freewheeling, you know the spirit just kind of does what he does and. Uh, and so on. And, and maybe that's a bit of a misunderstanding of what John three says when, when the Lord is talking to Nicodemus and he says, the wind blows wherever it wishes uh, you don't know where it came from. Don't know where it's going. And he says, and that's how it is with the Holy spirit. Well, specifically he's talking about the work of regeneration, uh, how the spirit uh, gives us new life uh, in Christ, how, how we are born again. Uh, he doesn't say that that's how the spirit works with everything. He just said that's how the Spirit works in regeneration, okay? So uh, does the Spirit uh, do things, you know, in, in time, and, and, and does he schedule and things like that? Well, sure. How do I know that? Well, uh, I read the first page of the Bible, uh, Genesis 1. The Spirit of God is hovering over the, uh, the waters, and and that is the beginning of God's work in creation, And so now you have the the Father uh, and the Son and the Spirit together working uh, to create the heavens and the earth. And wouldn't you know, you have days and you have nights, you have mornings and evenings, you have time, you have hours, you have minutes, you have seconds and, and, and so on. All of these things are the work of creation. And therefore, all of those things are the work of the Holy Spirit. So uh, I'd caution to say, hey, you know what, uh, if this is going to be of the Spirit, it's got to be spontaneous and free and boundless and, and all of that. That doesn't seem to be the spirit of wisdom uh, that we see in the scriptures. Uh, so I, I'd I'd be careful with that. Uh, so, I would say rather kindly to the uh, uh, to the person who who would say we want to make room for the Holy Spirit. Don't put the Spirit in a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, let the Spirit uh, use time and schedules and and, uh, and and all of these things for His purposes as well.
0: Mm, that's good. I think you can be sensitive uh, as where to lead your people through prayer, uh, whether it be month by month or, or year by year. We actually have. Uh, two articles written by uh, written on uh, planning preaching calendars uh, by Daniel Tripp a pastor from Redeemer Church mm-hmm. uh, Daniel wrote both of them and in the first article he wrote on why it's important to utilize, utilize a, a preaching calendar uh, and in the second article he wrote about how to go about doing it uh, and in the second article Daniel says the first step to planning a preaching calendar is to pray mm. uh, in the article he said I can't emphasize this enough You can't plan a preaching calendar without constant and intentional prayer. Mm -hmm. Ask the Father what you should preach next year, what books you should walk your congregation through, what cultural issues you need to be aware of, Mm -hmm. and anything else you need to ask Him. Our good Father is a good gift giver Mm -hmm. who has prepared your good work of preaching beforehand. Persistently ask Him what you should preach over the next year. So so prayer should always be our first step, right, Mm -hmm. in a a sermon plan. So I don't think you're robbing the Spirit um, by planning ahead. I actually think that um, you're you're doing that very thing. You're seeking Mm -hmm. guidance for what you should preach and when you should preach it. And I don't think that has to be done the night before or the week of uh, when you're actually preaching that message. So uh, I do highly recommend both of these articles um, to the brothers listening to this episode. Uh, You can find both of them on our website at at Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pastorcenter.org. So planning ahead and preaching through various books of the Bible provides the opportunity uh, for pastors to preach the whole counsel of God. Um, Is there a good way to balance the various books and genres of Scripture when you're planning your calendar? Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, uh, how do pastors make sure they aren't just covering uh, New Testament or Old Testament books or or just preaching from narrative text or or whatever genre they prefer? Uh,
1: Well, I think that it really starts off uh, with the pastor's own uh, time in the Lord uh, or in, in his word. Um, So uh, you're not going to preach the whole counsel of God if you aren't first reading the whole counsel of God. Mm. Uh, So spend your time in the scriptures, Uh, read everything, Genesis all the way through to Revelation Uh, Get a feel for what the the scriptures are saying. Get a feel for how the scriptures say what they say. Does does God speak with a story? Does God speak through uh, a law code? Does God speak through poetry and songs and so on? Does he speak through apocalyptic visions and letters and sermons and all of these different ways that the Lord speaks to us? Get a feel for this. Uh, Expose your own self uh, to these things. Uh, Here's why. Uh, if I don't have an, an idea of, um, or if I don't have any type of exposure to all that God has spoken, I'm going to find myself just kind of fitting in a groove. You know, there's mm-hmm. certain texts that are just simply easier uh, for you to preach than other texts. Uh, so if you are in a, an epistle type person, uh, you're going to live in Paul. Right, you're going to read, you're going to preach Romans, you're going to preach Ephesians, First Corinthians. You know, you're going to you're going to go through uh, Paul, go through a little bit of Peter, James, John, Jude. You're going to go through all of these guys, but you're not going to spend a lot of time in, say, First Kings. Uh, You know, it's a little bit more difficult to preach a story. Well. Learn, (laughs) read, read 1st and 2nd Kings, read it again, read it again, read it again, read it again until the ideas. Uh, uh in the in the stories there come to the surface uh obviously with the help of the holy spirit as you're praying through the uh through the the reading of the scriptures and the meditating on the scriptures so that you now have something to say it if you're not doing that you're not uh you you won't preach first and second kings you'll stick with the things that are more familiar to you so the first thing is you got to expose yourself but also realize kind of going back to our our uh meal planning analysis Analogy: uh, If I give my my kids uh, bacon every day, first off, they're not going to complain. Yeah, who would? Yeah, they love bacon. The the problem is they're not getting everything that they need if they're going to live healthy lives. Yeah. Uh, you need a well balanced diet. You need uh, meat. You need potatoes, you need, you know, uh, veggies, you need your breads, you know, you need your fruits, you need all of these different foods from all these different food groups and so on. Well, it's the same thing with the scriptures. Uh, if, If I just preach Paul... Uh, I'm getting the Word of God, and that's good, and they're definitely uh, uh, going to uh, be fed well if you preach Paul. Uh, But there are other food groups that you've got to incorporate as well. They need psalms. Their soul desperately needs uh, the psalms, you know, from David and and, and the many, many others. And uh, they need to know the law. Uh, they they need to spend their time going through the history uh, to know their history as as children of Abraham by faith. They need to know these things, uh, as as First Corinthians would say, so that you don't uh, walk as they did, and you don't make the same mistakes as as uh, the people before did. Uh, they need to know the future I know uh Brandon currently your pastor uh, is uh, going through a series in revelation <laughs> uh it's good to yeah. to read revelation and to meditate on this to know Jesus is coming back and he's going to conquer evil and he's going uh he's going to rule and reign forever and the church is going to be beautiful on that day uh expose your people to these things why? They get a bigger picture of who God is. They get a much more well-rounded understanding of what his plan is in all of the world and all of history, including their lives in this time and this context. Uh, and it, it, it gives them a better understanding of what it means to live for him by faith uh, and to trust in his grace and in his promises day in and day out. They need a, a full picture of this. So make sure that you expose them to all of the food groups that are found in Scripture.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, brother. I, I think naturally, a preaching calendar will really help brothers that struggle with finding that balance. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about it in a previous episode on about preaching the whole counsel of God. Uh, we want to give our people a steady diet of, of Old Testament and New Testament of the various uh, genres. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to make sure that you're diving through and leading your people through these, you know, these various books and genres of Scripture. Uh, but most importantly you want to proclaim the whole counsel of God mm-hmm. you know talking about how you want to lead them through psalms you want them to have a category for lament you know you want to lead them through the law um yeah. and so making sure that y- that you're doing that intentionally and i think having a solid preaching calendar will help you immensely by in, in doing this could could, uh, I, could i add something to that yeah absolutely
1: um think about um I know there's some that do this. There's some that will say we're going to alternate uh, between Old Testament, and New Testament. Yeah. So we'll go through a series in the Old Testament, and then if I do that, I know my next series is going to go through the New uh, through the uh, through the other Testament. You know, I'm going to go one in the Old. If I'm going to do that, then I'm going to do the New next. And uh, there's some that will say, well, I'm going to preach an epistle, and if I yeah. preach an epistle, then that means the next one is going to be another genre. Yeah, there's a rotation. Yeah, yeah. You just you you mix it up. You know, uh, uh, think through those things. There's some that may be a little bit more thematic. Uh, so they'll say, I'm going to preach through First um, uh, John because John emphasizes the love, you know, uh, the love of God, the love for him, uh, love for one another and so on. And you know what? After that, I want to go through Leviticus. Because love your neighbor as yourself, yeah. you know, comes from that that book, and I want to show where that is. And you know what? If I'm in Leviticus, then maybe I'll do Hebrews after that, because Hebrews with uh, uh, with its emphasis on Christ as our great high priest, that just fits flows naturally right from a study of Leviticus. And w- after that, you realize yeah. you're going. Yeah, yeah, you've started the engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to, yeah, and that's what I
0: was going to say. Is it, it is having a preaching calendar and keeping record of where you've been. Is going to give you a visual. It's going to show you where some of your biases are, what mm-hmm. you like to preach, and what mm-hmm. you've kind of avoided. But if your goal is to preach the whole counsel of God, you cannot avoid those those areas. You know, yeah. because if it's in Scripture, it's fair game. Mm-hmm. You're going to preach it. Mm-hmm. And so, having a preaching calendar gives you a visual of where you have been and can possibly lead, uh, help you lead, help lead you uh, where it is you need to go next. Even if it is kind of you know alternating or. Or maybe finding, like you said, the thematic uh, approach. Mm-hmm. And so, absolutely, this is an important question. Uh, I feel um, that that many many pastors have asked and, and have struggled with. Uh, should pastors try to schedule topical sermons hmm. during strategic times throughout the year? So, should there should there be a uh, a room for a Mother's Day sermon or an election season hmm. sermon series? Like, is that is that something that pastors should do or or not
1: yeah uh, you could do that um, there's there's certainly nothing wrong with doing that uh, th- I, I do want to give a caution though and that caution is is simply this uh, if you're thinking about texts that specifically address those types of topics like holidays and and things like that, um, eventually you're going to run out of passages. You know, so you think Mother's Day. All right, let me let me just think through all the scriptures that deal with women uh, uh, directly. You know, uh, to uh, women, and and eventually you're going to run out. You know, eventually you're you know there are only so many. Um, or Christmas, all right? All the texts that deal with the birth of Christ, (laughs) all right? Well, eventually, you're going to run out of passages.
0: That's when you recycle them. (laughs) There we go. There you go. You just
1: hope that you know by that time, everybody has kind of gone in and and gone out, and you've got a whole new group of people at the church and and things like that. Well, let me me give a little bit of an alternative. Uh, What if you understood that, say, for Mother's Day, uh, mothers are humans. and as humans, uh, the Bible was written to them in its entirety, okay? Every passage is for mothers. <laughs> yeah. Every passage is for fathers. every passage is about Jesus. and so I could preach from any passage you know on on, on religious holidays and, 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 and so forth. Uh, and so here's what that does. One, it frees you from the burden uh, of thinking that you've got to uh, address, uh, uh, you know, a, a, for Mother's Day, I've got to preach a Mother's Day sermon yeah. or something like that. You can stay right in the in the flow of your uh, of your calendar. You could stay right in the flow of your series and and so on also it provides an opportunity for you to get creative mm. as you start to think how does this specific passage apply to the fathers in my church you know how does this passage uh, specifically apply to uh, this particular season or holiday or something like that and as you as you do that you start to realize that the Bible is very very, very relevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, God is is saying things in every passage. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, don't feel like you need to uh, you need to postpone everything and interrupt you know your your regularly scheduled program, if you will, uh, in order to address you know these types of That's things. That's
0: what I was going to say. Is I think pastors can feel an immense amount of pressure. To constantly find special topics for whatever it is, whether it be Mm -hmm. election season or a holiday or some other thing that's going on. But I think if we go back to what we just said, just the emphasis of prayer and trusting the Lord to lead you as you try to discern what uh, book of the Bible you're going to be in, just trusting that and going with it. You You know, you mentioned my pastor has been preaching through the book of Revelation. Well, he actually decided that a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember him saying, you know, I've preached through every book of the Bible except for Revelation, and so we're going to be in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that we would be in a pandemic, uh, that we would be having these conversations about justice and all of these things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yet we're in the book of Revelation. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, that's, you, you can only look at that and think, "Well, well, that was God, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. I mean, I love my pastor, but I highly doubt he's smart enough to think exactly that way. Like yeah. to think that this stuff would be going on, and that this is the book he needs to go through. But the Lord has led him, and he's been adaptable mm-hmm. in some scenarios, and has found a way to make some of these things more applicable to what we're going through. And so, but the message is still there. Yeah. And so, I would just say, don't feel the pressure to uh, be the one who is trying to find what's perfect for what. Mm-hmm. Um, but trust, like like you said, the Word of God is timeless. And the Spirit is the one that's going to make these connections. So just trust and pray, and and just be willing to go where the Spirit leads you to go, yeah. as you're planning this out.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I remember when I was in in Baltimore, I was uh, I got an opportunity to uh, to preach Ephesians. Mm. Uh, I was planning the year before that the whole rest of the uh, the whole next year I was going to work my way through Ephesians. I was all excited about that. I had no idea that during that next year. Uh, right in the middle of Ephesians, our city would be on fire uh, with the uh, Freddie Gray riots. Um, I, I didn't know what I was going to preach that next Sunday. Uh, I was having that, that very uh, conversation, you know, of should I postpone this uh, series? Uh, you know, we're right in the middle of it and just preach another series on what should we be doing right now or something like that, you know, and, and just search the scriptures and so on. Until I looked at Ephesians and I realized that the very next passage dealt with uh, in chapter two, how God brought Jews and Gentiles together Mm -hmm. into one new man in Christ Jesus. And I took that to mean by the Spirit's leading that he had already worked through the schedule that I had put in place the year before so that on this Sunday, the Sunday after all of the riots we would be hearing what God has done in Christ Jesus to bring us together. And so we spent uh, three weeks, I believe, uh, walking through that section of Ephesians and, and just marveling at how Christ is able to do. What our society has failed to do uh, over the centuries, and that is bring people of different ethnicities and different cultures and so on into one people. Yeah. Uh, it's forever fragile uh, when we try to do it without Christ, uh, but with Christ, it is eternally secure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we are so grateful. Uh, it's such that, a display for that.
0: of trusting God's sovereignty. Absolutely, you know, the Word of God is going to deliver.
1: Yeah. Uh, and
0: there's things that god obviously knows and sees a year down the line and like i said it just always goes to being just willing to to pray and and seek direction on where you need to go Mm -hmm. and then once you're there then stick to it yeah and trust that the lord and the word is going to deliver yeah yeah uh two quick questions because we're getting close to being done here uh should pastors be intentional about scheduling guest preachers hmm. from time to time as they are constructing a preaching schedule? Should they leave some gaps mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. guests, preachers?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely, uh, for a few reasons. One, um, it gives people an opportunity to hear the Word through other, um, other voices Uh, people with totally different personalities, people who perhaps emphasize uh, uh, things that you may not emphasize uh, just because of your personality uh, and so on. And so it's good uh, to get a more um, um, well-rounded exposure to the scriptures uh, just by hearing other people preach. Uh, Two, it provides an opportunity for uh, young preachers, or perhaps uh, your your lay elders and others that don't get an opportunity to uh, to do a lot of preaching, it gives them an opportunity and space to preach and and really develop the skills that God has given them. Um, I think that uh, also it gives you a break. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as the primary uh, chef, if you will. Uh, or at least the primary waiter uh, delivering the meal. That God is a that God is the one that, that actually prepared the meal. Uh, you just deliver it. Yeah. But uh, as you're as, as you do that uh, week in and week out, it would be really good for you to sit under the word uh, and have someone preach to you. Yeah, and so, I mean,
0: just a good illustration that I was mm-hmm. thinking about earlier today was you know, uh, my wife cooks a really good meal. Mm-hmm. I look forward to five o'clock every night, being able to, to eat something that she's worked really hard on and and, and made. Uh, but it's nice to get out yeah. every once in a while, to yeah. go out, to eat, to try uh, some different food. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same that could be said. I mean, if you're a pastor preaching, that is fantastic. But every now and then, uh, invite a guest preacher to preach. That gives, like you said, a break for you, Yeah, uh, a chance for you to be shepherd, mm-hmm. uh, shepherded. But mm-hmm. it also... Uh, gives your people something else you know some- the chance to listen to someone else yeah uh, to hear somebody else and I think that's that's important also I do want to recognize that the only illustrations that you and I have given today have dealt with food yeah uh, and I don't know what's up it may or may today. not be because we record <laughs> around lunchtime so yeah. we may be uh, you know putting these illustrations in because uh Yeah, because it's around lunchtime.
1: See, I was just going to blame the fact that we're Baptists, and, you know, nine times out of ten, we're thinking about food anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: (laughs) So we're sorry if you're listening to this and it's lunchtime. Uh, Last question, real quick response. What are some good resources to help pastors in creating a solid preaching calendar?
1: Yeah, I'll mention one that's actually been really helpful for me. It was by a guy named Scott Gibson, and the book's called Preaching with a Plan. Hmm. Uh, I've found that to be an incredibly helpful book, very practical um, uh, it, it's, it's just been a, a good resource for me and a resource that I've passed on to my students as well. Uh, as, as you just kind of think both long term and short term, you know, mapping out your uh, your preaching. But the subtitle I thought was very helpful as well. The subtitle is uh, Sermon Strategies for Growing Mature Believers. Mm, and I, like I that. think that that's got to be a, a primary goal. Uh, You want to think long-term, how how will God's Word shape God's people? And if you can think through your sermon series and sermon planning with a view towards uh, uh, exposing your people to all of the Word of God so that they would be more mature... Followers of Jesus Christ through the preaching of the word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, You are doing them a very faithful service.
0: Yeah. And I would just add again, just to look at those two articles that Daniel Tripp wrote on our website, you can find them uh, again at Mm -hmm. pastorcenter.org. Two very good, good articles on why and how uh, to make a preaching calendar. Uh, We want to thank you again for listening to another episode of pastor matters. Uh, If you found this episode helpful, Uh, consider leaving us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen uh, to this podcast. Uh, It is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors to lead healthy, disciple-making churches, and I hope we've done that today with our conversation.
1: Yes, and as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.